Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Hey, Sam, I'm excited to see you tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll be on an airplane and heading to Madison. I cannot believe you are finally visiting Wisconsin. I am going to load you up with cheese curds dipped in ranch, <laughs> all of the dairy you can eat while you're in America's dairy land. We'll go looking at some cattle. We will not be in Atlanta anymore, Dorothy. I love it. I know you sent me a, a picture last week of you eating in a field, basically, a restaurant in a field. Well, it's our premier restaurant in Wanakee, Wisconsin, and it does have um, it does have an outdoor patio, so it's very popular. It does have live music. It just happens to be on the edge of a cornfield, so that is the view that farmer will not be selling his field. He also harvests the field right off of the restaurant, so there are days where you cannot sit outside. That is hilarious. Yeah, I I don't know anything about that. I mean, we don't have any farms anywhere near where I live in Atlanta, that's for sure. So I'm excited for a change of scenery. We time this perfectly because it's going to be warm. I refuse to visit you in the winter, so I'm looking forward to it. Yes, I don't think you would last very long in 21 degree January, but 85 and sunny all weekend long is definitely a great time to visit Madison. I do want to say I sound like I'm on the anti-tourism board. Madison is actually a city of about 600,000 people. It's it's a large city. It does have a university. There's a lot going on. I do live in a suburb that is very popular, but really is just set in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so that is that is why we have cornfields still abundant just in case there's any Madison listeners out there that are like, you are definitely doing us a disservice. Yeah. I mean, you've shown me lots of pictures and I've seen videos and it, it certainly looks like a beautiful town and lots of fun things. I think you mentioned we're going to go to a farmer's market too, right? Yes. Madison has the largest open air farmer's market in the United States. So really excited to take you down there. Lots of fresh produce, lots of local food, food trucks, different vendors down there. That's awesome. I can't wait. I mean, we're going to have beautiful weather this weekend. I'm excited. And who doesn't love a food truck or two? So that should be a lot of fun. Well, I love food. I love donuts. I feel like this is an absolute perfect time to introduce our guest today. We have Jake Hamburger with Franchise Fastlane, who is the director of development on their newest and hottest brand, which is Donut Envy. Hi, Sam. Hi, Britt. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. We are so excited to have you here today. And this one's fun. I mean, this is the first brand in the food space for Franchise Fastlane. So you know if they brought on a food concept, if they diversified into a different segment, it had to be something that was really unique. So tell us, what is Donut Envy? Yeah, Donut Envy is a mobile donut shop, um, and it offers not only just the tasty products, and we'll talk about those products, I'm sure, here today, but it also offers a really fun, interactive customer experience. Um, and as we kind of get into this and talk more about the trailer and what it offers and why is it different, I think people will really understand like, wow, not only a great tasty treat, but a, a great interactive experience that really makes customers say, wow. 
tell us what are those products? I have to assume they're donuts um, just from the name, but what are you guys offering? And, and tell us more on the history. Like why did they choose the product lines that you have? Yeah. So uh, fresh, hot mini donuts, and, and you really can never get a fresh, hot mini donut. Um, you know, usually the donuts have been sitting in there for two or three hours, maybe longer, um, but this is hot and fresh. And we also do fresh squeezed lemonade and juices, as well as hot and iced coffee. The products are phenomenal. The donuts are amazing. Um, I can honestly say I've had them. I'm a big Fruity Pebbles fan, big cinnamon and sugar fan. Um, yeah, I never thought I would like uh, Fruity Pebbles on a donut, but they are phenomenal. Um, and then in terms of why, why the mobile donut space, you know, why did the founders get into to this area? Um, you know, they wanted to get rid of the corporate handcuffs. And that was something that when they thought about where should we go with our business, um, that was a couch conversation that they had almost nightly. Um, they started as a kiosk. Um, so it was called Cine Mini Donuts. They started as a kiosk back in 2014. Um, and they quickly realized that the demand that they were seeing from this kiosk at the Philadelphia premium outlets uh, needed them to get mobile um, because they were selling out daily and people were wanting them at catering events, corporate events, weddings, birthday party, all these different things that people would want a, a tasty treat like donuts. Um, and so they, they moved it to a mobile unit and uh, they also love to travel. And so this is a business where you get to set your schedule. You get to decide, am I working Monday through Friday? Am I working Monday through Sunday? Am I going to take a week or two off to travel to Europe? I mean, that they love to travel. And so that's why they wanted to do that mobile unit where they could be on the move, uh, both personally and professionally. That's a really cool piece. You don't hear that often that a business can allow you to go away to Europe for a month or whatever it is that you want to do. We all preach the that work-life balance and building a business can help you eventually get that. And I think that's a really good point that when you're building out a schedule of events, you really have control. And I love that they moved and expanded from the kiosk to that mobile unit with the truck. Tell us more about the truck because I think that piece alone is pretty cool. Yeah, the, the trailer is, and, and I guess it's probably first worth mentioning that it's a trailer, not a truck. And that was very strategic by the founders that, you know, a lot of times with food trucks, if that truck breaks down, uh, you're out revenue, uh, your reputation's damaged because you didn't get to a birthday party or a wedding. And, and now you got unhappy customers and everybody's going to hear about it. So um, if for some reason that that truck breaks down, um, you know, all a franchisee with Donut Envy would have to do is just find another vehicle that can tow uh, the trailer. And so you're never out revenue, you're never missing events. Uh, but the trailer is, and it really is, and, and as as candidates go through the process and they see the, the photos and the videos of it, it's the Rolls Royce of food trailers. Um, they build it completely from the ground up, completely custom. Um, I mean, it's got uh, black rims with sprinkles on them. Um, it has a mobile, uh, or it has a viewing window on the mobile unit. Um, and the viewing window is super, super unique in the sense that Customers can come up and watch the donuts being made right there in front of them. Uh, they can watch the juices being made right there in front of them. So super interactive. And there are no other food trailers out there with a viewing window to watch the products being made. There are so many strategic things that they've thought of that I think I didn't even recognize until you said that a trailer versus a truck. That is so true. If anything happens to the truck, you are literally out of commission. With trailers, you have that ability to continue doing that. And I think being Instagrammable in the food space right now or TikTokable for the younger Gen Zs, that is 
absolutely imperative to that natural customer growth. And so the viewing window, the colors, the sprinkle rims, I I feel like all of those things really contribute to the success that they must be experiencing. Yeah. And and here's another strategic that that I would have never thought about, but all of the donut flavors or their most popular donut flavors are at the bottom of the trailer. Uh, Why at the bottom of the trailer? Because that's kid height. So every time the kid walks by, they see all of their favorite flavors. They're immediately pointing and recognizing the trailer. They're walking up. It it was amazing on the brand visit. People come up and they don't, it seems like they have no uh, desire to buy donuts. They just come up and watch them being made. 30 seconds, 60 seconds goes by and they move over to the window and they're buying a bag of donuts. So it really is strategic in the way that they laid out this trailer. And I... I think the other one thing about food that's really interesting with this model is the food waste component. I mean, they are making these hot to order. And I think coming from the restaurant industry for so many years, that's a big challenge with restaurants is you have so much food waste. So I have to imagine that's an attractive element of this business too. Yeah, definitely. It's donut mix, proprietary donut mix and water. That's what you need to make the donuts. Um, and then in terms of other products, I mean, you have your, your fresh produce uh, for the juices, the coffee, and then the toppings. Uh, but yeah, that, that no waste, essentially no waste factor is a huge, huge reason why we show such great numbers. And I know we'll talk about, about those here soon, but um, yeah, it is very, very simple. I'll give you some numbers here as we're talking about donuts and product and that donut machine, 1200 donuts an hour. You just plug it in, you press on and you mix that donut mix in water. And there you go. You have 1200 donuts an hour. 45 seconds is all the average customer waits from when they order to when they receive those hot mini donuts. That's incredible. It seems like it's really breaking down a lot of the stereotypes that our typical clients have about food because, you know, we talk about the food and restaurant industry and immediately people are like, whoa, that's a lot of work. It's long hours. There are these huge build outs. I'm going to have 40 high schoolers working for me. And Donut Envy doesn't appear to have anything that fits the traditional food model QSR stereotype. So how else are they differentiating themselves in the food space? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. This goes against every stereotype that the food business and the food industry typically brings. Um, I mean, it's two to three employees, uh, very semi-absentee if an owner wants to go that route essentially no waste, very little prep and extremely high margins, which is so different from all or most other food industries. Um, Obviously, you guys mentioned Fastlane has been doing this for five years and represented, and you guys know this, some of the best and fastest growing brands in the franchising space. And this brand is a dream come true. And it's a reason, the reason why that it is our first food concept. So um, extremely differentiated. Um, You know, when you're looking at uh, public versus private events, you can park it semi-permanently. There's a lot of flexibility with it. Um, You know, essentially no competition. There's no other mobile food concepts out there uh, when you're looking at the donut space. And so the differentiators go on and on. And it's definitely something that we have seen uh, really come out of the gates hot. And so... Who is buying this? I have to know that. I mean, it's so different than anything that Fastlane's brought on, and they've had many rocket ship brands. But who are you seeing that is the ideal candidate moving forward? Yeah, the ideal candidate for Donut Envy is is someone who um, wants to be a part of a simple, flexible business and and is 
focused on that customer experience, that customer service. I mean, we provide an experience and we want it to be a great experience for those customers. Um, and it's obviously in the food space. And so when you're talking about, you know, customer service, that's so important to, to provide those customers with a great experience. Uh, no, no food experience needed. And that's probably one of the biggest things that I hear is like, well, I've never worked in the food space. You need zero experience in the food space to be successful as a Donut Envy franchisee. I mean, we see our franchisees come from uh, insurance, hospitality. We have a military veteran, uh, corporate executive. Uh, he's one of the the ones that it maybe is most recently added, and and he works at Ashley Lynn Furniture as a corporate exec, and he is running his as a semi absentee owner, uh, real estate agent, former teacher, uh, retail grocery management. I mean, the the list goes on and on in terms of the diversity of our franchisees. So, you said a key word for us when we are vetting a brand, because as you know, because we work with you on a pretty consistent basis, we have a different type of clientele than probably a lot of franchise firms. Um, and we really do vet very heavily whether a business is semi-absentee. And you've used that word twice. So if you have that semi-absentee franchisee that's coming in really as an investor and more as the visionary, what does the role of that franchisee look like? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and what I've learned from my time in the industry uh, in terms of franchising, a lot of brands will talk about being semi-absentee, but they don't mention that for the first six months, first 12 months, it's owner operator, you know, and then you can be semi-absentee. Whereas this, this is semi-absentee right out of the gate. Um, a semi-absentee owner can expect, I would say between five and 15 hours a week, maybe on the higher 15 hours a week early on as you're getting things going. And as you're trying to put that general manager in place, um, but a semi-absentee owner is going to spend his or her time managing the team, working directly with that general manager on events, uh, whether that be public or private, um, you know, making sure that the trailer is staffed with the, the one or two other employees that you're putting on that trailer. Uh, usually you'll see that semi-absentee owner booking events and following up on events as well as, you know, doing all of the administrative tasks. But, you know, I always tell candidates, if you're a semi-absentee owner, that general manager, depending on how much you want to differentiate, I mean, you could really work on the low side five hours or less if you put the right person in place because of the simplicity of the model. And I think that's probably the biggest thing is I hate using the word underwhelmingly uh, before I describe anything because it sounds negative, but this business model is underwhelmingly simple. I mean, it is so simple that when you think about being semi-absentee, this should be a brand that you are considering and you are giving it a hard look. And even as an owner operator, I mean, you're going to be doing all of those things that I mentioned, as well as obviously working those events um, and you you make the schedule. So if you want to work four events one week as an owner operator, there's where you go. If you want to do five, six, seven, I mean, you get to choose that schedule. So the flexibility provides a lot of benefit to business owners with Donut Envy. Yeah, that flexibility piece, I think, is huge. And you don't see that in most businesses. I think in order for a franchise system to be successful, for franchisees to truly be set up for success, they have to have a great corporate office. So tell us more about the home team. Yeah, the home team is ph phenomenal. It starts with Alex and Amanda, uh, the power couple founders of Donut Envy. Um, but this this corporate team is going to support franchisees in every way possible that that is going to allow them to be successful. Um, I want to talk a little bit just about kind of the the support that they have put in place for for things like training as well as you know the the trailer and the equipment. 
Um, you know, sometimes that can be a fear for an owner as like, what if something breaks down and, and I'm at a, a concert and it's in the middle of the night or if it's late at night, um, they just put in place a, a 24 hour support team for the equipment and the trailer. Um, so if anything comes up outside of those business hours and, and you can't get to the corporate team, they have a separate team that is just specifically for the support on the trailer and the equipment. Uh, we can get into the marketing support, the training, you know, they're going to help provide hiring support. Um, they really do check all the boxes in terms of areas that they support franchisees. Um, and we can definitely dive into whichever ones you guys want to get into a little bit deeper. I mean, I think the first thing that comes to mind for me would be permitting and marketing, you know, coming from being a franchisee, marketing is always top of mind. How do we get our name out there? What do we do? And then anytime you have a moving vehicle and you want to park somewhere or leave it somewhere, permits, permits, permits. So I guess those would be the two top things on my list that I would love to cover. Yeah, I'll start with the marketing because I think this is uh, important to understand, you know, how are franchisees booking these events? How are they finding these events? Um, that's one of the first things that the Donut Envy support team is going to help franchisees with. Uh, it's going to take about three to four months uh, for kind of the onboarding training, as well as that mobile donut shop to be delivered to a franchisee. Uh, with us building it completely custom, that's generally how long we see the, the trailer taking to build. So in those first two, three, four months, franchisees are going to be trained on who should they be looking to for potential customers. Uh, this is B2B, this is B2C, and they will teach you who to be reaching out to to provide information on what type of services that we provide. So you're going to be reaching out to businesses. You're going to be reaching out to schools, elementary school, middle school, high school, colleges and universities are a huge customer for us uh, with doing those events. Um, and so they're going to help you uh, point you in the right direction for who to be reaching out to. And then once you've reached out, you will start to see that calendar fill up because businesses and schools are looking for a professional do uh, mobile trailer, mobile uh, food concept. They don't want, uh, you know, something that someone bought off of Craigslist and flipped into a, a mobile truck. Um, so this checks that box. It checks the fun box with the type of products that we provide. Um, and you'll, it, you'll hear franchisees and candidates will hear franchisees uh, talk on validation calls of, I spent two to three months reaching out to people, providing information, collateral on what we provide. And now I get three inquiries a day and I have to decide what, what events do I want to go to? Um, and that's what you're hearing from franchisees as they get off the ground. Um, marketing wise, um, I always look at when I'm looking at businesses, like what's the customer acquisition cost? The minimum marketing spend for a Donut Envy franchisee is $600 a year, which is almost unbelievable. Um, it really is. I, I was like, okay, that, what's going on here? There's got to be a catch. Um, but after learning more about just the way that franchisees market themselves is the trailer is by far the best marketing tool. Uh, when you're at public events, uh, there's a QR code on that trailer where you're able to scan it and learn more about event booking. Uh, also, those customers are seeing the brand and it's a very eye-catching brand and eye-catching trailer. Uh, private events are going to lead to other private events. And so that trailer is a huge piece to the marketing. The other thing is, is you'll see some paid Instagram, Facebook ads, which, you know, those are inexpensive. You don't have to spend the pay-per-click SEO money because of the lack of competition in this space. Um, and then the other thing, and you guys mentioned this early on, give something to people to take a picture of and they'll do the marketing for you. Um, and that, you know, we give out a five by seven postcard while it seems super simple to everybody who buys a bag of donuts, you will see 
hundreds and maybe thousands of pictures from people who are buying these donuts, who are taking a picture of them and they are posting it on all of their social media sites. So that's why we're able to keep that marketing cost low and the customer acquisition cost low. Could you talk about the permitting just a little bit more? How do you help franchisees get permits? Do you help them work with cities, you know, different counties, different states? Are you guys set up to assist that permitting process? Yes, we we 100% assist the franchisees um, with the permitting and licensing that can come. And it's going to vary by state. It's going to vary by county. And so, you know, that's something that they do understand is that every state, every county is going to have maybe a different type of, of permitting or licensing laws in place. Um, we do have the serve, you know, every franchisee is going to need that serve safe certification. Um, typically, you'd have to go and sit in a class to get that certification. We have it set up where they can just get it online. Um, so we have that fully in place for a franchise owner to acquire that certification. And then any other licensing or permitting is done through the Donut Envy support team to make sure that a franchisee has exactly what they need in order to go out and do business. That's huge. People are always intimidated by licensing and any type of restrictions in their local area. So I think that's awesome that you help with that piece of it. And I think you mentioned briefly, but I just want to make sure our listeners heard it. This has B2B and B2C components. I would say the overwhelming majority of franchise brands out there are just B2C. And so I love that piece of this business model that you can have both the B2B and the B2C component. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, um, I mean, as a franchise owner with Donut Envy, you get to decide, do you want to do public events? You know, do you want to do private events? Do you want to do a mix of those two? Uh, do you want to park your trailer uh, at an outlet mall and run it, you know, seven days a week or five days a week at an outlet mall? You get to decide. And so when you're thinking about kind of the way that you would operate this as a Donut Envy owner, um, you can do a mix of those. You can also um, scale this business by having one parked and one that moves to private events and one that does public events. So the scalability is there as well. But a lot of the B2C that you see with our Donut Envy franchisees are going to be with cor businesses. So corporate events, catering events where, you know, you'll have a business that'll have uh, uh, 250 employees and they have a staff appreciation and, and they want you to come out and serve for two hours or three hours, all of those employees. And we see about two to four hours on average for our private events. So when you're thinking about, do I have to run this thing eight hours? Nope. Two to four hours on public events is, is average. Uh, schools are another big one where you're dealing with the administration of those schools um, and you're going out there and, you know, for every for every, every senior in high school who had a 95% attendance rate, they get to go have donuts and, and lemonade, um, you know, at the end of the day. And so those are the types of events that we're doing. Super fun. Also, those private events, those are guaranteed prepaid events that might, you know exactly how much you're going to make and you know exactly how long you're going to be there. And so, you know, it is worth your time. Uh, you're not going out there and parking on the corner of, uh, you know, second and main, hoping that you make $250 uh, on any given day. You know that there's money coming in on those private events. And so we like our franchisees to, to early on have a nice blend of public versus private events to, to not only get the brand name out there, but also service those private events. And then you likely see a lot of our franchisees starting to move at least one of their trailers towards those private events only. You said something really interesting, predictable revenue. I mean, just being able to have predictable revenue, I think is huge. You know, we've talked a lot about the model now, 
but we have to have the icing on the donut, if you will. Tell us more about the numbers. You've teased us a little bit, but we have to tell our listeners about the numbers. Yeah, no, and I didn't even mention, not only is yeah, recurring revenue, people love recurring revenue. This is repeat business. You go out there and you service a business with 250 employees. Guess what? They want you to come back six months from now when they're having another staff appreciation because everybody loved the experience and loved the product. So you see repeat business with this. Uh, but when you're looking at the financials of this brand, you know these are the best numbers that we've ever seen in the fast lane. Um, I'll start with the initial investment. Um, so initial investment is going to be between about 184 and 253,000. The range there is really based on the upfit charges that can come with different states. Um, I will say that a couple of those states, we are not registered in this first year. Um, so our franchisees aren't gonna have to worry about that high side on the initial investment, but that's the range what we show on the item seven. Um, I'll also wanna mention the funding program that we have in place that's super beneficial. Uh, that funding program is going to be specific to mobile units. It helps franchisees keep money in their pocket it's a lease to own program. Uh, it, it, is, it is through a funding company that is absolutely phenomenal. And so that is another benefit from just a financial standpoint, flat weekly royalties. You almost never hear of flat weekly royalties. Usually, you know, the high performing franchisees are penalized, so to speak, by paying a higher percentage of royalty. This is $125 per week in year one. And so you can you can factor out how much you're going to pay in royalties over the course of a year. You can predict those expenses when you're thinking about the royalties. Um, and so that's something that I know our candidates and our franchisees love. Item 19, those numbers, those financial returns, uh, we show in that item 19, $220,000 to the top line and $184,000 to the bottom line. It's an almost an 84% adjusted net profit. And that is on 115 events, one event every three days. So when you're thinking about how do we drive 220,000 and, and how did they bring 184 to the bottom line? They did 115 events with an average event spend of about $1,900. So it's not a seven day a week trailer that we talk about in that item 19. So the numbers are absolutely incredible. And the earnings claim is a single trailer, right? That's not like two or three trailers doing 119. That's a single trailer, correct? One one trailer, 115 events, 220,000 in gross sales. They have, I mean, those numbers are phenomenal. You know, almost an 84% profit margin. And I will tell you, Brittany and I do just with our background, like to comb through and look and see what's in there. And we were like, what is going on? There's got to be something. And I mean, it really is because of the dough and the water and the no waste and no brick and mortar and low employee count. It is possible. And I think that's what's so compelling to potential franchisees. So this model seems to hit on a lot of things that clients want. It's coming in a little bit different package than I think most people had anticipated a franchise business that they'd be interested in investing in would. But I think every time I hear more about this business, it gets me excited. And I think that you're really set up to help franchisees. And that kind of brings me into my next question for you. And I know we've already had you on and talked to you a little bit about your experience, but times change and I think we evolve and, and different things happen. So I would love to hear your personal compelling reason for being in the franchise industry. Again. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And, and I think for me, this one has stayed pretty consistent of just like changing, helping people change their lives through business ownership. Um, and, and this brand, Donut Envy specifically, uh, is all about um, the corporate handcuffs coming off. And so that I think for me is just the, the, the reason why I do what I do is because I, I enjoy, I thoroughly enjoy helping people into business ownership um, because I love seeing the freedom and flexibility that it can provide for them and their families. Um, I mean, I know someone very close to me who, um, you know, is in those corporate handcuffs and, you know, goes to work every day um, and, and doesn't enjoy it and, and doesn't feel like she, you know, it's really something that she enjoys and she's going after. And so to help people get those corporate handcuffs off, you know, I think that's my, my compelling reason for being in franchising. What a great, compelling reason. And with such a fun brand too. I mean, we'd be remiss not to talk about that, that it's just a fun brand and you have happy clients. And so when you were on with us last time, you talked about your best piece of advice, but we get new advice every day. So we'll ask you again, what is your best piece of advice? Yeah, I probably should have said this one uh, the first time we were on, but I'm glad I at least saved it for, for the second time. I think my advice or the best advice that I've ever been given and then I try to implement it into my life is is find successful people and and copy what they do. And I think it's so easy to say and so simple, but at the same time, that's exactly why I have been able to do the things that I've done. It's because I try to surround myself with with great people, with successful people, and then I just try to copy them. And I think that relates directly to franchising in the sense that find a great brand and just do what they say. I mean, they've proven it year after year. And, and I think sometimes when you look at, you know, why do franchisees fail? There's going to be ups and downs. And when there's downs, don't just abort the, the playbook, don't abort the process. And so um, that's my uh, advice or the best advice that I've been given that I try to follow on a daily basis is, is find those successful people and copy them. Well, you are definitely a successful person and just, you know, Brittany and I have had a front row seat to your evolution in franchising. You know, we were there when you started with Franchise Fastlane and just to see you grow as a business person and an advisor now to our clients and introducing them to this incredible brand. We are so grateful to have you today and for you to take time on our podcast to talk to our clients. So thank you so much, Jake, and congratulations on all of your success. Absolutely. I'll come on and talk with you guys any day on this podcast. I absolutely love listening to it. Woohoo! Thank you so much. We appreciate you being here and appreciate all your support. Have a great day. You too. So if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at info at franpathconsulting.com. Follow the FranPath Consulting Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at FranPath, Facebook and LinkedIn at FranPath Consulting, or go to our website, franpathconsulting.com, to take your free business assessment. Mm -hmm.